0: Luke, chapter six, verses 27 to 36.
1: But I tell you who hear me, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone strikes you on the cheek, turn to him, the other, also. If someone takes your cloak, do not stop him from taking your tunic. Give to everyone who asks you, And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as they would have them do to you. (laughs) If you love those who love you, what credit is it to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful.
0: Please keep your Bibles open there at Luke chapter six. And uh, before we get into God's word, let's pray that God's spirit would guide us uh, through this quite challenging passage. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, as we hear these words of yours this morning, Lord, our hearts uh, will undoubtedly be challenged. The uh, depth of what you are asking us to do, of how you are asking us to live, is so countercultural, so unnatural. And so we pray that you would help us by the power of your Holy Spirit to inspire supernatural love within us, that the grace that we have been shown through Christ Jesus would inspire us to show mercy and love to those that we find hard to get on with and those who find us hard to get on with. Lord, we pray that this morning's passage would work in each of our hearts for your glory in Jesus' name. One day, a long time ago, on a Sunday just like this one, an old pastor was giving his sermon based on Jesus' passage in uh, this morning's passage, on the command to love your enemies. <coughs> now, as this old minister stood before his congregation, uh, back when ministers were allowed to do that, he said, now I bet you feel as though you have enemies. So raise your hand, asking his congregation to raise their hand, raise your hand if you have lots of enemies. And about half the congregation put up their hand. Then he said, Now raise your hand if you think you have only a few enemies. And about half as many put up their hands. Then he said, So raise your hand if you have only one or two enemies. And only a very few put their hands up. But then wanting to drive this message home, the old minister said, Now put up your hand if you have no enemies at all. Now at first, no one put up the hand, the room was silent. But after a few moments, one hand just went up in the back of the congregation. A very old man sitting right up the back, and he slowly stood up and said, I have no enemies whatsoever. Now at first, the old minister, well he was a bit surprised by this comment, and he, uh, bit taken aback, but after a few moments, his surprise turned into delight. And so he invited the old man to come and sit up the front of the church so he could speak with him. He said, what a blessing, how old are you? The man said, I'm 98 years old and I have no enemies. With great joy, the minister said, wow, what a wonderful Christian life you have lived. You've obviously been a wonderful example in this community. Tell us, how is it possible that you have no enemies at all? To which the old man replied, I've outlived them all. They've all died. In this morning's passage, we're all looking at Jesus' command to love our enemies. And as we heard the Bible reading read to us, there might be a temptation for at least some of us to think that I don't have any enemies. There's no one that I wish any harm to and no one that I really feel wishes harm towards me. But all of us have people in our lives who we struggle to get on with. Some of us may be holding on to things that others have done many years ago. There may be deep hurts there that keep rising to the surface every now and again while others may have to deal with people that they conflict with on a regular basis. And even though we may not think of them as enemies, we may still be tempted to try and outlive them rather than working through the differences we have. But in this morning's passage, Jesus is commanding those who follow him to love our enemies and to do good to those who hate us. That's certainly not a very natural response in the circumstances, is it? In Matthew 18, Jesus told a parable to describe the kingdom of God. You'll all be familiar with this parable. And in the parable, well, there was a servant who owed his master an enormous debt. It was such a big debt that if he worked his entire life doing everything he could to try and pay back this debt, he never would have been able to achieve it. And the, sore, the poor servant knew this. And one day his greatest fears were realised when the master required him to pay back his debt. When the master found out that this servant had no way at all of being able to repay this enormous debt, he was furious and ordered that the servant be sold along with his wife and his children and everything he owed and put into prison until the day that he repaid every cent. Now, of course, that's not possible if you're sold into slavery. But when the servant found out what the master had commanded, he pleaded with him, saying, Be patient with me. Please have mercy and I'll repay every cent. Amazingly, the master did have mercy on this servant. But rather than actually allowing him to pay it off, he cancelled the debt altogether. He freed his servant from any obligation to pay him back. The servant obviously went away overjoyed. This incredible weight that had been on his shoulders for so many years had just suddenly been lifted. But his joy didn't last too long because it wasn't long until he came across somebody who we might be called, we might call, according to this morning's passage, an enemy. Somebody that he found hard to get on with somebody who he had lent a small amount of money to but who had not repaid it. And when he saw this man, he grabbed him by the throat and shook him and started choking him. And even when the man pleaded with him, saying, be patient with me and I'll repay every cent, the forgiven servant didn't show the same forgiveness to this other man, but instead had him thrown in prison until he could repay every cent. When his master found out that he had not shown mercy to his fellow servant, he was furious all over again. And so the master had the men sold into slavery and put in prison to be tortured until the day that he repaid every cent. We too have incurred an incredibly tremendous debt Our sin, our guilt, our (laughs) repentance, the evil that we have done against our good God, our good creator, is far beyond anything that we could ever pay back. We too have received this amazing mercy from our master. And so we too, in this morning's passage, are being called to show this same mercy to those that we find hard to get on with those who we may consider to be enemies. There's nothing natural about showing this sort of kindness to those who hate us or make life hard for us. There's nothing in our human nature that makes us want to repay good for those who have treated us evilly. As those who oppose us, as those who have opposed Christ and his will for our lives and turned his good gifts into evil intent, we received incredible mercy because of God's love for us. He repaid our evil with good. And so loving those who are hard to love, showing kindness when we would much rather get even, is our Christ-like response in the light of what Christ has done for us. So, let's get into this morning's passage. In view of Christ's mercies, Jesus tells us in verses 27 and 28 to love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who ill-treat you. Now, I don't know about you, but... It's rarely my first reaction to feel love towards someone who has wronged me. Usually we want to stand up for ourselves when we've been wronged, or we want others to sympathize with us, to understand how we've been mistreated. But showing love to someone who has hurt us, well, it's just not a natural reaction. It's a supernatural reaction. It's something that is inspired within us through the power of the Holy Spirit. It is a reaction that Jesus is calling us to embrace so that the love for our Saviour, the work of his Holy Spirit in our hearts, might be seen by those who don't know him. So what Jesus means when he says these things is, do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who ill-treat you. Yeah, when he breaks this down in verses 29 to 31. This is where it gets really challenging. If someone strikes you on the cheek, turn to him the other also. If someone takes your cloak, do not stop him from taking your tunic Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Now let me reassure you that I've wrestled with this passage quite a bit this week. It is very challenging. I hope you can hear how hard these words are to follow. They are meant to be incredibly challenging though. These words require us to search our hearts and to seek God's wisdom in how we apply this passage. Leon Morris, a highly respected biblical commentator, made a very helpful comment in his commentary. He said, if Christians took this one absolutely literally, there would soon be a class of saintly paupers, owing nothing, sorry, owning nothing, and another of prosperous idlers and thieves. It is not this that Jesus is seeking but a readiness amongst his followers to give and give and give. In those days, uh, striking someone on the cheek was sort of a, a backhand slap that did very little physical harm, but was an incredibly great insult. And so this is speaking about those who insult us, those who speak badly of us, those who speak behind our backs those that seek to speak ill of us. When someone takes your cloak, give to them your tunic. Now, in the context, Jesus is talking about those who are stealing to, uh, with the intention of making it hard for people to follow Jesus. He's speaking about Christian persecution. And what Jesus is saying is, give them your tunic as well. Show them that your treasure isn't in your tunic, in your earthly possession, that it isn't in those things. Your treasure is in Christ, in heaven. Show love to those who oppose you because of your faith in Jesus in a way that only those who have received Christ's mercy can. Jesus says, give to everyone Now, this is extraordinarily challenging because there are no exceptions on this. This this isn't saying give to the poor because we all feel okay about that. This could be give to those who have more than you, give to those who don't even need it at all. In this passage, Jesus seems to be using extreme language to highlight the importance of believers being willing to let go of their earthly possessions for the salvation of others so that we might shine brightly the love of Jesus in unexpected and supernatural ways as an opportunity to witness to those who don't know him. After all, if our reaction to these things is the same as those who don't know Jesus, then our witness is null and void. Jesus is saying in no uncertain terms that we are being called to live radical lives of practical love, not only for those inside the church, but also for those outside the church, so that they might see the amazing forgiveness of Christ Jesus through the way we react and interact with those in our community, those in our family, those who work alongside us. Jesus is saying, do to others as you would have them do to you. Or in other words, knowing that we are just like the servant whose master had forgiven this incredibly great debt, and knowing that we have received incredible forgiveness, supernatural forgiveness through Christ Jesus, we are called to show that same mercy, the mercy of Christ to those that we find hard to get on with. Jesus says in verses 32 to 35, If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. It's easy to love those who love us. It's not hard at all. It's quite natural, in fact. It's natural to love those who speak well of us, who are encouraging and and friendly. That's what non-Christians do all the time. It's easy to be motivated by the good things that others do for us to reflect those back toward them or to lend to those who we expect to be repaid in full. Those we expect will be thankful for us having lent to them. But this is how non-Christians live. However, in this morning's passage, Jesus is calling us to live radical lives of love, even towards those who are hard to love, even towards those who don't know Christ, and even towards those who hate us. Love like this isn't normal. It's countercultural. In fact, it's a work of the Holy Spirit and cannot exist apart from the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. Yet it is how Jesus calls us to live so that his love might shine through us, so that Christ's love might be clear for all to see through the fruit of the Spirit working through us so that those who would otherwise be opposed to the good news of Jesus might be disarmed by how we love for those, how, how, for our love for those who are, who are causing us all sorts of problems. As Jesus says in verses 35 and 36, then your reward will be great and you will be called sons and daughters of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your heavenly Father is merciful. This morning's passage is incredibly challenging. It is calling us to live lives of radical dependence on Christ, because by showing love to those who hurt us, those who are hard to get on with, those who are constantly grating against us. It requires us to trust in Jesus, to care for us, rather than trying to seek our own revenge, rather than trying to seek to protect ourselves and our own interests. It is calling us to hold on to all of our earthly possessions very loosely, being prepared to give in unexpected ways for the glory of Christ. So with that in mind, it's important for us to think about who our enemies are. Now, I expect that some of us will still be thinking, "Uh, I don't know if I really have any enemies. Because the word enemy often conjures up images in our minds of uh, blood feuds and, and people that we deeply hate. But the word in this morning's passage that we see translated enemies simply refers to those who oppose us, those who are hostile towards us. Or in other words, those that we find hard to love. It's referring to those in our lives that we struggle with. And maybe for other people, that might even be us. This hostility, maybe because of our faith, it may be because of the way we share our love for Jesus. It may be that even within our own families, there are people that are hostile towards us when we make decisions that, that believers make because they are because of our trust in Jesus. It may be that in those circumstances we are tempted to lash out or to return evil with evil. But in these verses, Jesus is encouraging us to repay evil actions toward us with good with unexpected generosity and love, the same kind of unexpected generosity and love that Christ, our Master, has shown us. Some of us may be holding on to deep hurt from many years ago, from people who have hurt us in our community, maybe even within our church. We might still find it hard to let go of those deep hurts. However, this morning's passage is encouraging us to do just that, to let go of that deep hurt, that pain, and show the same mercy that we have received from Christ Jesus and to turn what may be a damaged relationship into something that brings glory to Christ. So whoever it is and whatever they've done or are doing that we might have found or still find offensive, this morning's passage is commanding us as those who have been forgiven in a tremendous tent to show Christ's mercy and love so that those who oppose us or frustrate us might see Christ's mercy shining through us and be won over by the love of Christ working through his people. We have faith in Christ. We who were once God's enemies have been purchased by his blood. That means that God has repaid our evil with good, good beyond our wildest imaginations. Most of us don't even grasp the concept of having every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm, of having been sealed with the Holy Spirit, of knowing that our eternity is sure, And yet God has shown us that mercy while we were still our enemies, while we were still running from him, while we were still mistreating him and opposing his good will for our lives. So as those who have received such incredible mercy, mercy that should motivate us to show love to those who who oppose us, those we struggle with and frustrate us, may we be men and women who reward evil with good, who show disarming love to those that we struggle with, so that those who stand against us, those who struggle with us, might see Christ's mercy displayed through us, through the power of his Spirit working in our hearts. And our faith in Jesus might be manifested in real and practical ways. Let's pray to God now. Lord Jesus, we recognise that these verses are full of some incredible challenges, that even as we read them, we we want to close the book. Lord, we pray that your Spirit would work in our hearts, that you would help us to show love beyond what our human nature wants to show, help us to love those that we wrestle with, help us to be loving towards others, help us to give in radical supernatural ways. Lord we pray for your wisdom as we seek to follow these commands to that we wouldn't be simplistic in the way that we do them but that we would seek your will every step of the way. Help us, Lord to live dependent lives on you, lives that trust you, even with those who would speak poorly of us, those who would uh, have our have our faith undermined, so that uh, our faith might be grounded in you, and so that their hostility might be disarmed by the love of Christ. And we pray this in Jesus' name um